Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Dixon, and you are listening to The Graphics Profiles, the official podcast of Graphics Pro Magazine, a monthly publication that covers every aspect of the graphics industry. My guest today is Keith Baldwin. Keith is the Chief Relationship Officer at Spikes, a Philadelphia-based awards, sign, and promotional products manufacturer and retailer. Spikes is a 90-year-old company, and Keith has been at Spikes for 45 of them, first as an employee and then as a managing partner. Keith also is a first-time author this year with the publishing of his book, A Leap Year Firsts. But first, let's hear from our sponsor, LogoJet. Many businesses are limited because they can't customize in-house. At LogoJet, we make printers that print on almost any item so you can control your products and profits. To do that, you need a superior quality printer that is easy to use. You shouldn't have to be a tech guru to print in-house. If you want to expand your product offerings and your business, chat with a team member today at LogoJet.com. Welcome back. I'm pleased to have with me today, Keith Baldwin. Thank you very much for joining us today, Keith. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Wonderful. Uh, before we dive in on this book, I would like to get a little background on you. You've been with Spikes now for 45 years. How'd you get involved there? Uh, I uh, started as a teenager and uh, I was working for a sporting goods company when I started there when I was 14 and they bought this distressed trophy company when I was 18, needed somebody to run it. And I dropped out of uh, school to come run it or actually have it run me. So uh, I've been here since I was 18. How have things changed for you uh, in those years as far as getting started, uh, working your way up? Well, I, I wrote a goal to myself when I walked in the door that uh, at 18. And my first goal actually that I wrote, which was to own the company with my friends. And it took me 25 years working for two absentee owners to achieve it. And the business, once you uh, took it over as the owner, what kind of changes did you make? I don't know if I, I changed anything other than because I was always I was working for absentee owners and it was just basically working for myself and for my people. Um, it allowed me just to make some decisions that maybe was sometimes not directly bottom line oriented, it was more for the long term effect. So it made me play, uh, allow me to play a long game as, as opposed to a short uh, month by month, quarter by quarter, year by year financial bottom line. Uh, that's probably the biggest effect of working for myself or being the managing partner. It's usually a pretty big adjustment when you're going from employee to owner. What are some of the biggest lessons you think you learned during that transition? I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there was any difference. Even when I didn't own it, I, I treated it like I owned it, and I made decisions the same way. Um, I just wasn't overruled. I guess that's the biggest difference, um, that whatever decisions I made, and I made them the same way, whether I was an owner or non-owner, uh, just uh, I didn't get overruled when I was the owner. So it sounds like after decades of uh, uh, this type of work, things really changed when the pandemic hit. Yes. Um, I, I started the year of 2020 committing to doing something for the first time in my life. Uh, it was going to be a year of first for me. And I was documenting it in a journal. Uh, I never did a daily journal before because I wanted to capture 
actually it was a leap year. So I wanted to capture all 366 of my firsts when the pandemic hit to give me some unwanted firsts. First time in my life I ever laid off an employee. And on March 20th at 2.30, I happened to have to lay them all off, all 45 of them, through some tears. I'd imagine. How do you prepare for a day like that? You cry. <laughs> um, it was inevitable. We were shut down, obviously. We're in the Northeast, so in Philadelphia. I know different parts of the country treated it differently, uh, especially early on. But we were mandated as non-essential. I've got three showrooms, uh, and we were mandated to close. And quite honestly, I didn't need to be told that we we're non-essential because you think about our business, we're tied to the event business and people gathering, and uh, our customers were calling and canceling events because they weren't having events. They weren't running runs. They, uh, school events weren't happening. Schools were closing down. So all our customers were basically closing and uh, canceling orders. So we were mandated by our customers probably before we were mandated by the mayor or the governor that we had to shut down. When you'd started at Spikes, uh, how many employees did you have and how many of those employees that you had to let go that you personally hired? Um, well, when we started, when I started, I should say, we were, I think, three or four people. Um, and one of those people was actually now my partner and still with me. Uh, so I've hired them all. So they were, and I've got a lot of people that have been with me for 25, uh, years, 15 years, probably the least amount of years of service is five. So they were more or less family. So I've hired them all to answer your question. Uh, how many have you been able to bring back or? Uh, I, I I mentioned, or I, I saw that it was mentioned that you had started um, bringing them back for another purpose other than the awards industry. Yes. So by happen, uh, by luck, by relationship, uh, I communicated to our bank that I was letting, uh, closing the company and letting our people go uh, at that day at 2.30, March 20th. And I got a call back less than an hour later at 327 um, asking me if I would like to take advantage of an opportunity. Somebody needed to fill seats as a call center. Uh, a, a call center company got awarded the contract for the state of New York at the time that the body bags were building up and they needed people to make calls into the boroughs of New York to set up test uh, coronavirus test uh, uh, appointments and they needed callers to do that and they needed to fill seats immediately and it was actually my banker and uh, they had a customer that was awarded this contract and they needed seats so they called me and said would you be interested in making calls I couldn't say yes fast enough Long story short, she put me in touch with the owner of the call center. I made a deal within five minutes and offered my employees their jobs back uh, at 4.30 that afternoon, two hours later. So I had another first that day. First time in my life, I offered uh, my staff to become a call center. 
And that weekend, we became a call center for the next year uh, to save their jobs. And you can't imagine uh, turning a, an awards company, a sign company, a promotional products company into a call center, uh, what that took. Uh, the training, the technology, uh, let's just say the state of New York was not on uh, the newest technology. Some of your callers may be old enough to remember DOS, but if you can connect uh, the current technology into a DOS system and get everybody trained over a weekend so you start calling the next week, that's what we went through. And uh, they were long days and long nights uh, to make that happen. Quite a shift in job from working in uh, the previous sign and uh, awards industry to a call center. How much buy-in did you get from employees who were probably just glad to not have to switch jobs? Yes, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Um, I've got some great people that said yes. One of our core values, we've got 10 core values, and one of them is the ability to say yes, to make, make, find ways to make things happen. And they did. Uh, they all said yes. And uh, I'm just very fortunate that they did. And I think they, they feel fortunate also. You're right. They didn't have to have the uncertainty of losing their health care, of applying for unemployment. At that time, it was sometimes difficult to be connected to unemployment. And once there was a subsidy that was put in and basically uh, made us compete against the government uh, or unemployment to keep them employed, we ended up, um, another one of our core values is to create win-win situations. So we did not want them to lose by working, in other words, making less money. Uh, so we ended up coming with our up with our own subsidy to pay them to make sure that they were paid more with benefits uh, than they could be paid by staying home and collecting. And the other side benefit that had for us is when people started to come back and you had to hire people back, we didn't have the problem of finding staff because we had kept them employed. So there had there was a back-end benefit of keeping our people employed because as a call center gig uh, played out, uh, we hired them back to do their regular jobs. Now let's take a quick break to hear from this month's sponsor, LogoJet. At LogoJet, we know you want to be in control of the products that you can print in-house. We've helped over a thousand businesses successfully implement direct-to-object printers over the last 16 years, and we've been there to support them as they've grown. Our team is committed to providing a customized printing solution that is right for you and your business. We ensure your printing technology is operational and that your team is fully trained. We'll be there for you as your company grows. Visit LogoJet.com to learn more and to start your journey to in-house customization. And I'm back here with Keith Baldwin, author of A Leap Year of Firsts. Keith, let's go ahead and dive into this book. What uh, what made you want to write this? I Just by happenstance, I was at a um, an event that the keynote speaker was had a book, I Dare Me, Luann Kahn, and it was December 2019. And it was about her own journey of she dared herself to do something new every day. And she made the people in the crowd that day, there was about 150 of us, commit to doing something uh, for her first and said that uh, she wanted us to write it down, share it with the person next to us and make it a goal. My goal that day was to fly an airplane 
and I'm old, I'm 63, and I didn't think, I thought that goal had passed me on. So I wrote it down, and then she inspired me, and I stood in line, bought her book, and I committed to her that day that I was going to do my own uh, year of first. Um, and I'm sure she's heard that before many times. And I committed to it, and I ended up doing it and starting it January 1st. So that's where it came from. I was inspired by somebody else. So your book is available at KeithBaldwinFirst.com as well as Amazon. And if you read those Amazon reviews, one word pops up so often, and that's inspiring. Did you set out to actually be inspiring with this book? Uh, When I first started, no. Uh, But the happenings of the year with the pandemic, and it, it made me find my why. And my why became... And I didn't know why I was, first of all, first time in my life, I never paid myself and I didn't pay myself for most of the year. And I was working 24 seven, literally 24 seven to keep the, the business afloat. And I was wondering why I was doing it for nothing. And I woke up one day and it had clicked and it was because it was to maintain the jobs of the people that I cared about. And once I did that, uh, then I started working on other people's companies to help them save their jobs. And so it became a mission for me. And I guess that mission became inspiring. Uh, we, the, the call center job, once we completed the jobs or the uh, call center gig in New York, we were hired to make calls or take calls for the state of California for unemployment, uh, where we met many desperate people trying to get connected to their benefits that had lost their jobs. We had an actual suicide, first time in my life we ever had a suicide call where the person actually took their life on the line while we're talking to them. So it, it, it hit home to me, the effects of not having a job And actually, it made me uh, want to understand what it was like to lose a job. So on December 5th that year, first time in my life, I slept on the streets of Philadelphia uh, as a homeless person because I wanted to to understand what it felt like to lose a job and have the result of that. So it made me do some a number of different things like that, that I guess at the end of the day became inspiring. Uh, And it was just because I was just doing it unconsciously. And I just, um, and I guess the year trying to do something every day for the first time in your life uh, made me look for these opportunities. Um, So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, that's how it became. I think it very much does. So uh, this book, it sounds like uh, probably had some profound changes on you as a person. Uh, how has your daily life changed since doing this? It gave me, uh, hey, I learned a lot. When you do something for the first time in your life, you have to learn. I typed into YouTube how to so many times, and it wasn't some inspiring things. Sometimes it was just simple things, how to tie a bow tie, how to uh, tell a joke, how to uh, um, do a magic trick. And I learned all those type of things. Uh, I also gained a lot of appreciation and understanding. I crashed a lot of religious services. I was supposed to go to Jerusalem, and it made me want to go understand 
all the religions. So I went to a Mormon service. I went to a, a mosque and I went to a number of religious services for the first time in my life to understand various religions. First time in my life I ever did podcasts. I didn't even know what a podcast was. Um, so I started listening to a bunch of podcasts to understand the religions that I was about to go uh, experience. So it, it made me learn a lot. So, so and, and I don't do it every day anymore. I don't feel the pressure of having to do a first every day, but I do look for opportunities now for first, like right now I'm, I'm being certified as a scuba diver because I signed up and I'm going to be going to the Galapagos Islands and I want to dive in, in the Galapagos. So I don't know if I've ever would have done that before if I wasn't looking to do something for the first time. So it's made me stretch myself. It's made me push myself. It's made me learn and appreciate life more. Throughout the whole process, what would you say was the highlight? What was something that you thought, man, I am so glad I purposely went out of my way to do this for the first time? Three things come to mind. One, people ask me, what was the hardest first? And I always say driving the speed limit. Uh, try it sometime. I, I, I ask every listener that you have to actually go a day, not one mile above the speed limit. It, I was fried. People were telling me I was number one with their middle finger multiple times. Um, so that was the most. And you did this in Philly? I did this in Philly. Yes. Some aggressive drivers. Um, flying the airplane. Uh, which was the goal that started this, where I actually took off, flew it, and landed a plane myself. And then thirdly was sleeping on the streets of Philadelphia. Uh, that still has an effect on me. I don't know how they do it every day. Um, and it, it gave me appreciation, just a simple having a roof over my head, having a job. It gave me a lot of perspective and a lot of appreciation. Those three things stand out. Keith, I think that's probably a great place where we should end it. Okay. Um, that was uh, fantastic. Thank you so much to Keith Baldwin for joining me today. Be sure to check out ghostbikes.com to see examples of his company's work and processes. And be sure to visit keithbaldwinfirst.com to order his book and see why reviewers are giving it five out of five stars on Amazon. I'd also like to thank this month's sponsor, LogoJet. You can catch all of our previous Graphics Profiles episodes and tune into new episodes by subscribing to our show on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. New episodes come out every month. You can catch all of our previous Graphics Profiles episodes and tune into new episodes by subscribing to our show on SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. New episodes come out every month. And if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, drop me a line. My contact information is in the show notes of today's episode. Until then, stay safe, best of luck in business, and go out and grab a couple firsts.